0: Well, it's deja vu all over again for this LSU Tiger team on the hardwood. They've now dropped six of their last seven games after a loss to Vanderbilt on Saturday. On this edition of the Locked On LSU podcast, we'll break down a bigger issue within LSU basketball that has revealed itself over the past couple of games. And also, we'll do a check-in on the transfer portal. What is this LSU football 2022 class looking like? All of that and more on this edition of Locked on LSU. You are Locked on LSU, your daily
1: podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Thanks for making Locked on LSU your first listen. Every day we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And we are also on YouTube as well. So make sure to subscribe to the Locked on LSU YouTube channel so you get the latest and the greatest from the Locked on LSU podcast. I am your host, Caroline Fenton. I'm an LSU grad. I am a diehard LSU fan. And currently I co-host Stillman & Company here in Nashville, Tennessee on ESPN 1025 The Game. You can follow me on twitter at caroline fenton one you can also keep up with all podcast updates on the locked on lsu twitter at locked on lsu i will tweet links to podcasts whenever they drop I'll, i'll tweet lsu updates throughout the day so make sure to give us a follow there and also like i mentioned subscribe on youtube as well but I mentioned it, we're gonna get into it, the nitty gritty of LSU's loss on Saturday at Vanderbilt. There wasn't much good, but there was a whole lot of bad. So we'll break into that as well. But here is what LSU head coach Will Wade had to say about the loss on Saturday.
1: Down huge at halftime. We've been down twenty plus in the first half of the last couple of games and we've charged back, but just just you know, we spend so much energy to get back, we can't get uh we can't get over the hump. So
0: Very, very disappointing. Deja vu all over again. It's like Groundhog Day with this LSU team. You heard Will Wade say it. Got down early in the first. It was a tough first half for us. Had to scratch and claw our way back, so on and so forth. We saw it against Ole Miss earlier in the week. This LSU team gets down bad in the first half and they allow a pretty inferior offense to do superior things and if you weren't in panic mode before this game on Saturday you probably are now and for good reason I mean this team has slipped big time And I'm not going to give this team credit and say, oh, it's just because of the health of this team. Or what do you expect with an injured Xavier Pinson? And there are a lot of guys who have been asked to do things that they weren't necessarily asked to do in the beginning. What do you expect? I'm not going to make those excuses and neither should you. Losing Xavier Pinson absolutely was a big knock on this team. Eric Gaines was asked to play a much bigger role in his offense in his absence, and Xavier Pinson's absence, which is leading to him playing a much bigger role. It's changed this offense. But even without Xavier Pinson, this team should be able to beat Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, teams at the bottom of the SEC. We're not asking LSU basketball to blow out Kentucky and Auburn every weekend, but this team should be able to beat teams that are inferior than they are, teams that don't have as much talent as they do. Because this team came out of this season – looking like a legitimate contender, looking like a team that was punching their ticket to March. But they've been slipping. So that my expectations remain very high for this team because they've shown us what they can do. So what exactly went wrong with LSU on Saturday? We heard Will Wade say it. It was a slow start. LSU scored just 25 points in the first half and finished the first half down by 8 They had zero offensive rebounds in the first half, and that slow start is very much so because of just a poor outing of offense, especially in the first half. And against Vanderbilt, LSU's been doing what we've been seeing them do. Surges of good play in the second half when they're down, but it's just not consistent, and it's not good enough to propel this team to a win. I mean, Tara Eason had a solid day, led the team with 16 points, 5 steals, solid, LSU was kind of able to claw their way back to get it close in the second half. They got it from 69 to 64 with about five minutes left to play. Sweet dunk by Tari Eason. But then the Commodores responded. They had six consecutive points to put the nail in the coffin for LSU in that later half of the second half. I mean... This offense was just pretty non-existent. Darius Days was just 3 of 8 from the floor. He had 10 rebounds, but the, which is solid, but the shooting just isn't there. LSU was only 3 of 14, about 21% from 3. But they gave up 13 threes, which brings me to my other reason why LSU lost this game. It was a slow start due to no offense in the first half, but also... LSU just could not defend a single three. Vandy sunk 13 of them. They went 13 of 31 for about 42% from three. When LSU only shot 21% from three. It's going to be really, really difficult to come back from such a big deficit if you're not sinking those shots from a distance. And they absolutely were not. When a team their offense was largely consisted of threes, They just can't get anything moving from three. And that is another reason why this team just isn't able to bring it out against teams that they really should be better than. But they just cannot defend threes. Rodney Chapman was a name who I mentioned on Friday's podcast. I said that this guy could give LSU some trouble. It's a guy that's been in and out of the lineup throughout this season. Out almost all season. Came in against LSU. Scored a game-high 24 points. 18 of those points coming from three. It was a, his career high, six threes. So, I mean, red flag number one is whenever a team that you're competing against is breaking their own records. Not a great sign. But he, along with Miles Stute and Baton Rouge native, Dunham grad, Jordan Wright, they took advantage of some wide open three opportunities. Now, on the bright side, LSU was able to, to limit Scottie Pippen Jr. He had only 7 points, was only 2 of 12 shooting when he was averaging 19 points a game. So, I mean, silver lining there. But they let the rest of the offense just do whatever they wanted from distance. I mean, you look at Stute, Wright, and Chapman. They combined for 54 Vanderbilt, 75 points. Isn't it that at some point you start to make some in-game adjustments of why are we letting these guys who are continuing to sink from three or continuing to sink from all around the court and you're just letting them do whatever they want to do? But, I mean, at least Scottie Pippen Jr. is defended. But here is what Will Wade had to say about their lack of ability to defend threes on Saturday.
1: The game plan was to choke them off from three. And we over we just, we did not carry out the game. We 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 did close yesterday in practice for the first time and probably for the first time in a while. And we just, we had poor closeouts, we over we helped when we didn't need to. And, you know, I mean, uh, 10 students shooting 41% coming into the game, we just leave them wide open. Chapman's a known three point shooter, 35% career three point shooter, just leave them wide open. So, um, you know, I mean, You're not beating any teams doing that.
0: No, you're not beating any teams when you leave a known three-point shooter just completely open to do exactly that, to shoot threes. And Will Wade said the game plan going into the Vanderbilt game is limit threes. Limit threes as much as you possibly can because you've got Scottie Pippen Jr. who will pull up from three. You've got Rodney Chapman who will pull up from three. This is not a very good offense. If you let them do whatever they want to do, if you leave a, a wide open shot, that's exactly what they're going to take. And at what point are we going to start questioning this team of why are they making the same mistakes over and over again? And when it comes down to it, what we've seen the past few games, especially against Ole Miss and especially against Vanderbilt, you just don't see the effort from this team. And whose shoulders does that fall on? I mean, certainly Will Wade is culpable in some form or fashion, and I understand that this team has been dealing with injuries. I mean, this team was red hot before Xavier Pinson's injury, and I'm not going to ignore the fact that that's probably been a motivating factor of some of the, the fall-off of this team. But his injury can't be the only thing. I mean, he's one guy, and yes, that forces every other player to kind of fill in in that hole that has been left from Xavier Pinson's injury. You're asking guys to do things that they may not, that may not be their bread and butter. I understand that one injury, one guy go, that goes down changes a lot of things, but LSU isn't the only team that's dealing with injury. I mean, we're a few months into the season. Now, every team's going to be banged up. Every team is going to be gassed, but at some point, Injuries can't be your only excuse. At some point, it's just flat-out effort. It's just flat-out going out there and wanting to stop them from three. It's going out there and wanting to rebound the ball and get back your opportunity to score. And that's not what we've seen from this team over the past couple of weeks. The lack of effort. This is what Will Wade had to say about some of the reasons behind the problems this team's been facing.
1: Health-related um attention to detail um you know different you know there's different different issues on different things but but some of its health but we can't blame it all on that i mean everybody's got some issues we can't blame it all on that we didn't get an offensive rebound in the first half that's an effort issue Uh, we don't follow the details on the scouting report give up 11 threes to two of their best shooters that's a detail
0: issue so it's a little bit of detail issues, effort issues. And he acknowledged the fact that, yes, they are dealing with some injury issues, and I have to give Will Wade credit for not hiding beneath that because it would be so easy as a coach to say, hey, what do you expect from us? One of our top players is down. We're asking guys to do things that really they haven't been asked to do before. What do you expect? Will Wade isn't using that as an excuse, isn't using health as an excuse, and neither should you. Excuse that for this team because what did he say were the issues? Attention to detail and effort. That falls on the shoulders of the head coach. And no, he's not out there on the court. He's not out there battling for balls. He's not underneath the net trying to snag a rebound, but it falls on the shoulders of the head coach. So what is Will Wade's plan to fix those attention to that attention to detail? What's his plan? to make sure that you're executing the game plan as set forth. I don't know. But whatever it is needs to be figured out soon and be implemented pretty much immediately because this team is only falling down a slippery slope. And we've seen repeat mistakes happen game in and game out. And they're looking like they're becoming a habit. And if that's becoming a habit, then your expectations for this team should lower significantly. Because you're not going to win any sort of SEC tournament. You're not going to make it far in the tournament if you're continuing to make silly mistakes. And you're continuing to let inferior offenses look elite. But coming up next, winner, winner, chicken dinner. LSU football gets a linebacker from South Carolina in the transfer portal. And what adding this former game could mean for the LSU defense moving forward. What it could reveal about Brian Kelly's offseason priorities. We will get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to let you know about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season. They've got more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs, right to the big game on Sunday. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, news this offseason and in the season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro, college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, you name it, they've got it. Plus, they've got live, real-time updates of current games. So if you see a game coming down to the wire, you want to throw some money on it in live time, you can do that with BetOnline.net. Do not wait to take advantage of all the new, amazing offers available for the 2022 season. online where the game starts. March
1: Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast.
0: Locked on LSU. I appreciate all of y'all for making the Locked on LSU podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now I teased in the last segment, LSU picks up a big time transfer linebacker Colby Fields, a New Orleans native and a former South Carolina linebacker is now an LSU Tiger through the transfer portal. Now I need to give credit where credit is due to Brian Kelly for utilizing the transfer portal to build this team up in the offseason. Colby Fields, their 13th player from the portal, they've got four spots left to fill in the transfer portal. So we'll get into exactly how Colby Fields will fit into this team. But before we do that, I got to let you all know that it is super weak, brought to you by Get Upside, and there is no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked on NFL podcast. Locked on NFL, Locked on Bengals, and Locked on Rams will be in LA all week covering the big games, so make sure you tune into those podcasts. Very, very jealous of those guys enjoying the sunshine, enjoying the palm trees in L.A. in the Super Bowl this weekend, so make sure to give them a listen this week. But LSU kind of cleaning up in the transfer portal over the last couple of weeks. What once was a huge position of need for the Tigers, losing Demon Clark, it's turning out to be one of LSU's biggest strengths in 2022, and that is the linebacker position, which is so incredibly important because LSU, from what we've seen over the past few years, 2019 with an asterisk, because that year is just different for all sorts of reasons, but LSU has been able to win so many games playing kind of that old-school football. Hard, heavy, hard-nosed defense and a running game. And so if you're going to execute that way, You got to have a hard-nosed defense, but adding Colby Fields from South Carolina adds so much more depth to that linebacker position, which really, like I mentioned, was a position of need, losing their heavy hitter, Demone Clark. But picking up Colby Fields, he'll join Micah Baskerville, Baskerville, And Mike Jones Jr., who have been in the linebacker room at LSU and also joins the top linebacker recruit in the country, Harold Perkins, along with Demario Tolan, who also just recently signed with the Tigers. But Colby Fields, like I mentioned, New Orleans native, a Rummel graduate, a former three-star recruit coming out of Rummel, he'll add depth and experience to this linebacker position, albeit not a ton of experience. He only started in four games as the Gameco- with the Gamecocks as a true freshman. So he will maintain his redshirt status as he only started in four games at South Carolina. In those four games, he only recorded one tackle against Florida. So that's good. I mean, experience beating down the Gators is always a good thing. So not a ton of experience at South Carolina. But I think the most important thing here is that we can kind of see what Brian Kelly's offseason priorities have been. And I think there are two things that we see here. One, Brian Kelly's offseason priority is building the team through the transfer portal. We've seen that. Col- uh, excuse me, Colby, Colby Fields is the 13th transfer to make his way into the 2022 class. So four more spots left. They have four slots. Over half of their 2022 class will come in through the transfer portal. So Brian Kelly absolutely emphasizing building the team through the transfer portal. He also wants experienced players. They can come in. They can start right away. They have college experience. They have that grind of being a college athlete underneath them. And also, LSU's roster from last season, I mean, they've been ravaged by the transfer portal. You look at Eli Ricks transferring to Alabama, Max Johnson going to AM, Landon Jackson, the edge rusher going to Arkansas, Deion Smith, Quay Moore, so on and so forth. They're losing a lot of, of their guys to SEC opponents. So LSU is utilizing the exact same thing that left them with plenty of roster holes, and that's the transfer portal. Utilizing the guys that may not be incredibly happy with the situation that they're in but they have plenty of experience and can start right away I think that is so important especially for a team that's been ravaged and has lost so many of their starters not only to the transfer portal but to the NFL draft as well but I think the key part here not just building the team through the transfer portal but building it with in-state guys building it with Louisiana guys and you see you see so many of these guys that are coming in through the transfer portal. You look at Greg Brooks, who is at Arkansas, Joe Fouché, who is at Arkansas as well, Kyron Lacey at ULL, Noah Kane, who's from Baton Rouge, went to high school at IMG, who was at at Penn State. Brian Kelly's big priority here is bringing back Louisiana guys. All of those guys grew up in Louisiana, went to high school in Louisiana, with the exception of Noah Kane, who is from Baton Rouge, but went to IMG in Florida. But you get what I mean. That is a priority of Brian Kelly because it's important. I said on National Signing Day, that is one of my priorities. Keep in-state guys in-state. So Brian Kelly is bringing those guys back. And it's not only good for the leadership of the locker room, but it's also a great look for National Signing Day and for recruits as well. For recruits that are from Louisiana, they may be looking at Arkansas, at A&M, at Florida, at a lot of the LSU's rivals. But telling him, hey, you know, I did that. I went out of state. I tried something different. I came back to LSU and they gave me the opportunities that I was looking for. I think that's incredibly important. Now, one important thing to point out here is that the transfer portal is no long-term solution. At the end of the day, transfer portal guys are the guys that just haven't gotten the opportunity other their schools yet, whether that's they're just not ready physically, whether that's there's guys ahead of them that are better than them. So, you know, you're getting kind of the scraps from other teams. And I know, I know, I know, I know. You're going to say, well, what about Joe Burrow? I feel like Joe Burrow is the exception and not the rule here, which is tough for LSU fans to look at, you know, the biggest transfer portal name probably of all time in co- in the history of college football and the history of the transfer portal. But for the most part, transfer portal guys aren't going to be Heisman Trophy winners for the most part now, NIL comes into play with this. Players might transfer where there's more money. Players may transfer if they don't like the way their current program is going. I mean, you look at Auburn, which is something that I want to get into later on in the week as well. Maybe, you know, your coach left and you are unsure about the, the state of your program. You may want to transfer. I understand that. But when it comes down to it, the best teams recruit their best players. It starts at the very beginning. So Brian Kelly, I'm assuming... The way that he's viewing this offseason is let's build up our, our team through the transfer portal, get guys with experience, get guys that can help us right away. And we can build up a solid enough foundation to show recruits, not just in the state of Louisiana, but out of Louisiana as well, that what we're building here at LSU is a big deal. Get, you know, put your, your stamp down early. Get guys with some experience and a little bit of age on them. Start to win some games and, and start to establish early on that LSU will be a force to be reckoned with. Build up the team through the transfer portal now. Make it an attractive program for, for recruits to want to come. Brian Kelly is working on the first half of that statement. Build up the team through the transfer portal now. So Let's see if he can get to the second half. Make LSU even more of a place where recruits want to come. But coming up next, what may not have been in the headlines, what you may have missed, and a catch-all for all things LSU sports that went on this past weekend. We'll get into all of that coming up next. But before we do that, I have to tell you about my favorite bar on the market, and that is Built Bar. This time of year, I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. Going to the gym every day isn't as fun anymore. Eating healthy surely isn't as fun anymore, but not this year because I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. You know, shocker, eating healthy can actually be really fun. Plus, have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of the Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar; they are a treat. They're a dessert, and they're covered in one hundred percent real chocolate. So you're really kind of tricking yourself into eating healthy. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. They've got the yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow. My personal favorite: banana cream pie. They're all so good and I promise you these are going to be your new favorites. So give them a try. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. 100% real chocolate. You are going to absolutely die for these. They're low calorie. They're high protein. Replace all of your candy bars with these. They taste better. They're better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built Bar however is filled with protein and things that are good for you. Go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. All of the good things, none of the bad. Most built bars contain only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs and 17 grams of protein so you will stay full all day. Compare that to a candy bar which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, all new for this month. White chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it is good for you. At Build Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how but they just seem to pull it off every single time. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That is code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Again, I'm Caroline Fenton. I'm your host of Locked On LSU. And I thank you for making Locked On LSU your first lesson. Every day we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And also in the Locked On LSU YouTube. So make sure to give that a subscribe and a follow as well. But a few stories that you may have missed over the weekend. I understand you may be, you know, deep in LSU basketball content, deep in LSU football content. But one thing that absolutely deserves a look and deserves a shout out as well is LSU Gymnastics. Now, you may roll your eyes, but LSU Gymnastics is doing something incredibly remarkable here. LSU Gymnastics is doing something that really no other gymnastics program in the country is able to do, and that is buy-in from the fan base. LSU, LSU Gymnastics had a crowd total of 13,569 in the PMAC, standing room only crowd, in their win against the sixth best team in the country, and that is Auburn. SUNY Lee is a name for Auburn that has made national headlines. And LSU, she got a 10 on against LSU, and LSU is still able to overcome and beat this incredibly talented Auburn team. Final score of 197.975 to 197.75, a season high score for LSU. It's a game of inches. But it was a team win. It was a win wrapped up with two 10s from Haley Bryant on vault, which if you don't know that name, now you know. This girl is unbelievable. And Kaya Johnson also on floor got a 10. So that was on the LSU side of things. Like I mentioned Suni Lee. She's an Olympic gold medalist. Also scored herself a 10 on the uneven bars. Also really cool. The PMAC totally erupted for her and cheered her on, gave her support. So it's pretty cool to see that as well. Half of LSU's 24 routines against Auburn produce scores of 9-9 or better. I mean, we're talking elite numbers here. We're talking elite scores here. We talked about LSU basketball slipping, but there's another team that competes in the the PMAC that is taking down the absolute best of the best in their sport. That is number eight ranked LSU. J would be shocked if they're not ranked five or six at the Rankings after being Auburn at home, the number six team ranked in the country. Give Haley Bryan's vault routine a look. Give Kaya Johnson's floor routine a look because I promise it is really remarkable what those girls have been able to do against the top competition in the country. But also, another big story that made the ha- headlines in, over the weekend LSU making a huge move on the NIL side of things. So it was announced this weekend that fans can now buy customizable jerseys with the name of any player on LSU's active roster and that player will get a portion of the jersey sales. LSU is the first school to do this. A major NIL feather in LSU's cap so to say. But why is this important? I mean you sound like okay like it's just jerseys. It's not that big of a deal. Not only can fans rep their favorite players which you best believe I would have had a Cole Tracy jersey if I could have in 2018. So a little jealous there. But now we're living in this age of NIL, this wild, wild west age of NIL where there's very little, if any, restrictions and guidelines. So it's really kind of let the best man win when it comes to NIL because it's not an even playing field. So take advantage of the fact that it's not. It is so incredibly important to be on the cutting edge of new ideas like this. Now, Other schools will likely follow the trend that LSU has started, but being so player first and so forward thinking with the ways that players can make money will be huge for LSU to stay competitive in the NIL market. I mean, we look at Texas A&M, it's something that Lane Kiffin commented on, and it's something that Jimbo Fisher even addressed, you know, quote unquote, Texas A&M buying their 2022 recruitment class, which good for Texas A&M. Do it while you can, because I can only imagine there'll be more restrictions coming up in the future in terms of NIL. But while you can't throw a bunch of money at your recruits, do it. Texas A&M likely has the alumni support of the oil typhoons that are able to throw millions and millions of dollars at these, at these excuse me, Texas A&M football players. So why not take advantage of it? LSU may not have as deep of pockets as Texas A&M alumni do. But it's the way that LSU, the NILSU is thinking of things, of how can we make our our players more money. Sure, we can offer you 50 grand off the top. If you come to LSU, we'd love to give you a deal with whatever, insert bat, local Baton Rouge, local Louisiana company here. But we can also give you the ability to continue to make more money, whether that's you. You know, you're a big-time player this season. People are going to want to rep your name and want to rep your number. And that's only cash in your pocket. So good on LSU for continuing to find new and fresh ways to make these kids money. And it doesn't really come out of the pockets of boosters. It's just capitalizing on their own play. And it's capitalizing on the brands they created themselves, which I believe is really part of NIL, is letting players giving players the ability to make money off of the brand they make themselves. So good on LSU to start the new customizable jerseys where players can make a portion of money off of the jerseys that they sell. But that is going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we will preview LSU's basketball road trip, LSU basketball's road trip to Texas A&M. Also, what's going on over at the plains we'll take a look into kind of the weird things that have unfolded with auburn football the past couple of weeks and how that could benefit lsu football we'll get into that coming up on tuesday's edition of locked on lsu appreciate you for making locked on lsu your first listen every day now make your second listen locked on bets we're daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Just like you can get your Locked on LSU podcast wherever you may choose. That's going to do it for me today. We'll see you all tomorrow.